Okay, welcome to Berenson Bond, episode six, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hi. How you doing? Good. You went to the skate park again on your bike. How was that? Fun. Yeah? We have a surprise sneak attack guest on the side of us, Theo Talo, Mr. Carlos Trevino, your uncle, the Lexus master what up (laughs) before we dig into the lc the ls the gs the gx and all that i'm gonna read a little bit from one of my favorites mr actually do you want to read yours first about the titanic i'm just reading the back no you gotta pick some pages this and the first page Okay, tell us what book you're reading first. Um, Titanic, um, book one, Unsinkable. Okay, so you got your you got your page ready? Uh, yeah. All right, go for it. Um, the Titanic is meant to be unsinkable, but as it begins, it's um. Wait, what does it say? That word is maiden. That maiden means it's first. Um, there's plenty of danger waiting for four of its young passengers. Patty is a stowaway escaping a deadly past. Sophie's mother is delivered to the ship by police. After she and Sophie have, have been arrested, Julie... Juliana's father and wait, what's that? That one is eccentric. And eccentric, whose riches can be can barely hide its madness, and a life and a life is hiding a secret that could get him kicked off of the ship immediately. The lives of these four passengers will be forever linked with fate of Titanic. And the farther they get from shore, the more danger looms. Are you hooked? Sounds amazing. Um, so, Monday, April 15, 1912. Nine. Uh, they stood four deep on the after deck off of the writ cafeteria, chilled to the bone. Wait, wait right? Wait, what does that say? Carpathia. Um, chilled to the bone, Stare, starting out. Wait. Staring out at nothing, dark water, lights, swells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no advice that barely, wait, wait. Evidence. Evidence um, that barely seven hours before the largest and most magnificent ship in the world had ever seen had sailed here in all her glory but truth was nearly impossible to believe the rms titanic lay at the bottom of the sea along with everyone who sailed in her save the 706 souls um recued right which one um Rescued. 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 Um, and now aboard Kappa. Carpathia. Carpathia. Look, the cry um, engineized the. Wait, what did it say? Which one? This one. Exhausted. Exhausted throng. A flash of color among the endless waves. A survivor 
And then the swell turned over the item that um, stirred. Wait, started or st- stirred. Stirred their frozen heart with um, manatee. Wait, wait, mom. What does it say? Momentary. Momentary hope. A deck chair, nothing more. How could this be? The Titanic was more than a um, steamship. Um, she was floating. She was a floating city, a sixth of a mile in length and 90 feet. Um, come on. A beam? A beam. A beam. 66,000 tons gross the displacement Displace, which one displacement right displacement yep okay um um was this piece of what sand right, right? which one Ooh, flotsam. I never seen that word before. F L O T S A M. Flotsam. Google it. Carry on. That was left. How could so much have become so little? A uninformed steward. No more than 17 years old, tried to take the arm of a lady who was shivering in the folds of a mm, Cunard. C-U-N-A-R-D. Lion blanket. <laughs> there's a there's tea in a soup below. Mm. him off um, mindless of his attempted kindness go away she have, have just seen our um, wait, what does it say? husbands uh, drowned drowned read that sentence again what read that sentence again. why because it's an important one um, we have just seen our husbands drown. Yeah. The young um, seaman bit his tongue. He would probably take no comfort in knowing that of the 1,517 ability. Wait. Which one? Right here. No, I can't see it. The A one. Which A, one? B, no, y. Ability? Uh, just skip it. Um, take no comfort in it. Um, passengers and... Wait, one... Of the 1,517 passengers and crew lost in in this tragedy, very few passengers, I mean, very few lives had been snuffled out by drowning. The sea that had swallowed their ship was 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, below the freezing point of the fresh water, what the victims had surfed um, was unimaginable, as if their entire bodies had been suddenly packed in ice. 
shock have set in after barely 60 seconds. Next, um... Open it. This, this, this one. Unconsciousness. Unconsciousness. Uh, followed swiftly by death. So that means they fell in that freezing water, and in 60 seconds, they immediately went unconscious, which means you're not dead, but you're not awake. It's like you're asleep. And then they got so cold. They, it's like they fell asleep. They're so cold, your body makes you just like pass out like this. And then you froze. So within 60 seconds, 1,500 people died a minute after they hit the water. That's pretty crazy, right? Mm-hmm. That that's real? That's a real story? That's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Did you know it was 28 degrees? It's pretty cold. Well, I'm glad you read that because what (laughs) I have been reading is about worry. And you think if you get worried about things, do you think it'll keep you from doing it? Like if you're worried about doing a trick on your bike, you won't do it if you're too worried about falling? Well. Or do you think I'm just going to go for it? Well, I always think since I always watch like BMX videos and like how they go so high and that's how they do all those tricks mm-hmm. and um, so the reason why I don't try any other tricks is because like um, like since I've been watching those videos and paying attention how high you're supposed to be to do tricks Okay. so I'm trying to get enough speed but um i don't so um it's not that i'm worried i'm gonna fall it's just since i know to pay attention how high i am then i would do that right so you know you need more speed so, so you one, go for it i am sort of kind of scared but two i I'm not. That's right. So because you know. Because I, I have a mixed feelings of it. Because you know you need to go fast. Right? And at the same and time, so, it's scary. So it's good to be a little worried because that means you're going to pay attention more. Yeah. Right? But then you got to go for it. Right? Yeah. And there's also another Titanic I have, which is about a kid who survived it. A kid survived? Yeah. That's the other, the I Survived yeah. book? Yeah. Okay. Well, then next time read you can read the other one, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. at school you have heroes of the past, and tell me who you picked for your hero. Larry Stevenson. What? Larry Stevenson. Larry Stevenson. Larry Stevenson patented the double flan like flange or the double well, like the- tail. Of skateboards. Counting? So like on both round, ends of a like, skateboard that bends up, Yeah, he patented that, which means he thought of it first and he told America, put that down on paper. I thought of that first. Anybody that makes a skateboard for the rest of eternity, give me a couple dollars or some pennies or something. So if you invent something, you get a patent and people use it, they have to give you some dollars. So if you think of something cool... That will help people you can get a patent pretty sweet right so that guy was watching all the surfers then the surfers started skating on flat skateboards and he thought it would be way cooler if they had a little the tail the was bent thing. up a little bit so yeah. they could do some tricks and do some ollies and now there's kick flips double kick flips tail whips side sidebar grind you can't do that grind, on a skateboard fake, fakey fake fake Front, back, <laughs> sick, fakey You can't sidey. do a tail whip on, uh, on <laughs> hey, a skateboard. I do whatever I want. I got... Just kidding. I don't know. Tell me some names of some tricks. Well, skateboards cannot do 
as many tricks as scooter and bikes. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, scooter and bikes can both do a tail whip and a skateboard can't. Unless if... Okay, well, I, I meant kickflip. How about kickflip? Can't not do that on a skate... I mean, bike or scooter, but I do know some tricks that you could do on bikes and scooters. One is a bar spin. Bar spin. Two is a rewind. What's a rewind? It's like where it's a fully... Um, tail whip like where you spin your um like where you sit on your bike or where you stand on your scooter like you spin that around except you don't go full you go like halfway and then it goes the other way and then you land and then a tail whip is the full thing um back flip front flip uh what else i think that's all i know oh wheelie Wheelie, back wheelie, front wheelie, <laughs> and this time your knee pads because you I always destroyed your knees yeah. last time. So we went with extra protection. Look at that sweet knee. Look at that. Look at that. You don't even have skin on there yet. Badge of honor. I there. hit it. <laughs> I hit it five times. <laughs> In the same painful. spot. Five times. That hurts so bad. It's weird how you hit it in the same exact spot. I know. Like, why can't you hit it in a different spot? Because then it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> and we went to the skate park, right? You could have went to a birthday party with cake and ice cream. And you said, meh, I want to go to the skate park. And I thought that was awesome. Because you wanted to do something that you thought of, that you wanted to have more fun doing. And that's hard. And it's tough to be out there in the hot sun riding your bike. And it was just us, which means... Well, I mean, there's some people, and then everybody left. And then, like, three more people came. Yeah, it's not a lot of people. Yeah. So I think it's cool. It was empty for, like, maybe, like, um, 15 minutes. Yep. We had it all to ourselves. So I think it's cool. And I was happy to take you, because when you need to be somewhere... And you want to be somewhere, and you get to do those two things at the same time. It's a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to read something from my old friend Dale. Mm-hmm. Now look, don't make any weird faces. Look, I got some notes, all right? So don't be scared. Don't you fall asleep over here. No. This is from page 10. We why barely get into the book. Why can't you just read two? Just two papers, please. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll read a little bit. We'll talk. We'll talk to Theo. And then after a little while, I'll let you escape. And then me and Theo will finish up. Yay. All right. So this is page 10. Dale Carnegie, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. I've referenced this book in at least three podcasts. So I figured I'll read some notes. And we can move on to another book. Well, I've mentioned it. But now I think it's important I read a little bit from it. Back to the book. You and I are standing this very second at the meeting place of two eternities. The vast past that has endured forever and the future that is plunging on to the last syllable of recorded time. We can't possibly live in either of those eternities. No, not even for one split second. But by trying to do so, we can wreck both our bodies and our minds so let's be content to live the only time we can possibly live from now until bedtime anyone can carry this burden however hard until nightfall wrote robert lewis stevenson anyone can do his work however hard for one day anyone can live sweetly patiently lovingly purely till the sun goes down and this is all that life really means. The child says, when I'm a big boy, but what is that? The big boy says, when I grow up, and then grown up, he says, when I get married, but to be married, what what is that after all? (laughs) The thought changes to, when I'm able to retire, and then when retirement comes, he looks back over the landscape traversed, A cold wind seems to sweep over it. Somehow, he has missed it all. 
it is gone. Life, we learn too late, is in the living, in the tissue of every day and hour. What do you think about that? You know what that means? Live in the now. I believe Wayne from Wayne's World said that. Or maybe it was Garth. I think it was Wayne. Live in the now. So this is what I like. I'm psyched about you being a kid. You remind me to, hey, just whatever you're doing, do that. Don't think about other stuff. Just be happy. Whatever you're doing, pay attention and do that. Like when Who you're said at that? a lot of people. This is not this is not new information. He says it himself. I'm not saying anything new. I'm just saying things that people have to hear over and over because humans are very slow learners. We think we're fast, but over time we're kind of slow. What was that noise? <laughs> so what else, Diego? I want you to ask Theo questions. So Mr. Carlos Theo Talo, as we call him in the family, <laughs> has been working for Lexus and Toyota forever and ever. Ask him about the LC. What's the horsepower? How cool is it? Where you get your hair cut? What kind of toothpaste do you use? <laughs> When's the last time you cut your toenails? <laughs> what do you want to ask him? This is your Theo. This is um, Mr. Lexus Theo. He's got a chair. He's got a car with massagers in all of the chairs. You know what I have? What? Not that. <laughs> so it's pretty sweet. Um. How many colors are you going to make then? Hey. Or is it just one we color? We get in front of that. So ask him again. Is it just one color or how mm. many? No, we have a bunch of different colors. Um, just depending on the car, some colors work better on some cars than others like bright colors usually those are like for two-door cars smaller cars because if you have a bright color on a big car that's a lot of bright color <laughs> so try to play with that which color would you pick um maybe like Camo, maybe? Camo, that's cool. <laughs> camo, you got camo yet? We don't have camo. Because then you can't see the car. And then how do we sell it? <laughs> <laughs> so you know how you like to design your skateboard? With different stickers, different wheels, different trucks. Well, I am going to get another type of wheels. Yeah. Why do you want to get different wheels? Um... No, because a, of the color. Because of the color. Because you want to change the style, right? Yeah. That's exactly what Theo's doing. They look at the car all day long. And they're like, hmm, how can we make this even cooler? They just keep staring at it and staring at it. <laughs> can we? Let's do something else cooler. Change the headlights. Change the wheels. No. No, put it back. I like it the other way. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, do it the other way. And then they all have a vote. What, who thinks it's cooler? Raise your hand. <laughs> Everybody raise your hand. Is that tire cool? Okay, let's build that. Is that how it works in the meetings? It's close. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's close. Like, um, so one of the things that I, I really like about the company um, is the culture. So, you know, like, you know, everybody, like growing up, you have different culture, right? Um, depending on who your parents are and how you were raised. Well, the company has culture from where it started and, um, you know, where it wants to go. And one of the things is there's a Japanese word called Kaizen. You want to say that? Kaizen. Yeah. So that means uh, continuous improvement. So that means always try to get better. So, I mean, we make great cars, right? But... We can't just say, okay, we made a cool car, we're done. Because then after a while, people are going to be like, that's not cool anymore. <laughs> so we have to keep looking to see, well, how do we make it even better? How do we make it cooler? And, you know, so that's in the culture. And we always do that for every little thing. So that's really important. And, 
it's not just for work. I mean, it's for your life too, right? How do you make your life better? How do you get better at BMX tricks? You just keep doing more and learning and getting better. And then eventually you're amazing at doing these tricks. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Kaizen. Yeah, because if you never try and get better, you improve yourself. Don't worry about other people. You be better for you. Like, remember, I I couldn't do 10 pull-ups when I got the pull-up bar in the garage. I could not do 10 in a row. But now I have to get better. Now I can do 25 in a row. I can do 130 minutes. I want to be able to do 200. I have to keep my mind sharp. I have to keep reading Wait, all these what books. Was the highest, what was the highest you got? How many in one day? What, what was the highest? In one day? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe 150, 160. How about you, Theo? What do you do for health? Are you getting better? It's been a while. <laughs> Tell us how you... I can do 150. Tell us what you do to stay healthy and improve yourself in the spirit of Kaizen onegojimasu. <laughs> I have to chase Zanaya around, so that's my cardio. To run around everywhere, ducking under tables, jumping over chairs, running out all over the place. That's right, he has the to stay healthy. The highest I've gotten is like 280... Two hundred eighty-seven, uh, watts and push-ups in one day. That's pretty. Good. He did two hundred eighty-seven of each, right? Each one. Yeah. Yeah. We just finished dinner, and then he said, "Busted them out." Well, I'm and gonna also start doing I did two, and I also did two hundred um, eighty-seven. Yeah, he just kept doing sit-ups and kept doing sit-ups. I was like, "Stop doing sit-ups! There's too many. You're gonna, your stomach's gonna explode." And he's like, "I am gonna just keep doing sit-ups." And he would count to ten again and again. I was like, "Stop doing sit-ups! You're gonna explode! Don't do it!" Because I hate sit-ups. You like sit-ups? No, not a fan. Never was a fan. Don't like them. But they're good, and if you keep doing them, you get stronger. Yep, so instead, because I don't like sit-ups, but you have to exercise the middle part of your body, <laughs> so that's why I jog. Because jogging actually works all these muscles, not the exact sit-up ones, but I don't like sit-ups, <laughs> so I will run and work everything around it, and it's called your core. Got it? Yeah. All right. What else? Are we going to do this? You think we'll really do this um, This try? This rookie try? Triathlon, by the way. Swim, bike, run. Remember last time I almost drowned because I didn't train? That was a bad <laughs> idea. That was a horrible That's idea. Do not do triathlons <laughs> and not train. <laughs> If you're going to do a bike race, do you think it's a good idea to never ride a bike and then go do a race? Yeah. No. What if you what if you needed to do a BMX race and you Where'd did you not? Where did you get that Mona Lisa thing? Oh, I have a son named Diego. He made that at school. Oh, it's you. No. Yeah, you made that. Wait, I cut that out? Yes, you made oh. that when you were, I think, three. Oh. You painted that at Austin Eco. It looks pretty cool. It looks very cool. And also, you see that um, skeleton woman back there on the wall that Diego painted? Oh, yeah? He did that when he was four years and old. And I also did that fifth cake. And then I did that mountain thing. There's a lot of yeah. art in here. And then I did that kangaroo thing. And then I did that painting. Oh, actually, because Theo's talking about Japan with Lexus. And I did all the dirt. You did all the dirt on the chariot painting. That one up there oh, is Oh, and, uh, and I also did that map. Yeah, do you want to tell Dio about the Sichigo-san? Um, do you remember? Nope. Do you know about the Sichigo-san celebration? So apparently there was a lot of childhood death in Japan for a long time. Like a lot of kids were passing early. So what they did is they started celebrating 
the ages three, five, and seven. So if a child made it to three, it was a big. So every time any kid made it to three, five, and seven, they would hang all the flags. The big, it was a flag for father, mother, and then any kids you have was a different uh, fish flag. Then hanging on a pole, um, they have like little, you know, dessert type treats that they celebrate, and they just celebrate Nine, life. Seven. And I think they still do it. So every time any kid turns three, five, and seven, they throw a party, it's and they're like just celebrating that the kid is alive and healthy and with them. That's pretty cool. So they continue it, to, you know, celebrate childhood and life. And you painted that swan in there, right? Yeah, I did that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You painted that, and then we—I think we have the fish flag pole in the oh, the closet. Yeah. If you want to show them. So I saw that the, uh, yeah, get your, get that. All the flags. Ooh. So they'll make that and they'll hang it outside of their house. And yeah, every fish represents one of the family. Top down, father, mother, then kids. Is that other one Nike? <laughs> Nike is a purple fish. <laughs> All right, so back to the book. The Splendor of Achievement. For yesterday is but a dream and tomorrow is only a vision, but today well lived makes yesterday a dream of happiness and tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well therefore to this day, such is the salutation to the dawn. So the first thing you should know about worry is this. If you want to keep it out of your life, do what Sir William Osler did. Number one, shut the iron doors on the past and the future. Live in daytight compartments. Why not ask yourself these questions and write down the answers? Number one, do I tend to put off living in the present in order to worry about the future? Or to yearn for some magical rose garden over the horizon? Do I sometimes embitter the present by regretting things that happened in the past that are over and done with? Do I get up in the morning determined to seize the day to get the utmost out of these 24 hours? Can I get more out of life by living in daytight compartments? When should I start? Next week? Tomorrow? Today? Would you like a quick, surefire recipe for handling worry situations? A technique you can start using right away. I'll tell you about this other method. You know the air conditioner carrier? You probably don't know. But wait, wait, so there's the, air, yeah, so we got air conditioning. Wait, the, is it the thing you take out and then put a new one in? The filters? Oh, man. That's true. That goes with the air conditioner. But we live in houses with filtered water and filtered air. Yeah. We're... Yes, but the air conditioner, a man named William Willis H. Carrier was one of the first inventors of air conditioning that we still use today. And guess what happened? A long time ago, they sent him. I'll, I will uh, paraphrase this big paragraph so I can keep your attention. But he had to go all the way across the country to go fix something because they were filtering gas to go into a machine right and they sent him don't laugh at gas not that kind of gas they sent him to filter that gas bomb and they had never done it before they tried to test it one time and then said well we tried one time go ahead and go across the country and fix that other guy's machine i know we've never done it but go ahead and do that so you have to be confident to get over there and do it, right? So he kept worrying and worrying, oh, if I mess it up and it breaks, then we wasted all this money from the company. And this whole, we promised them that we would fix it and I don't even know if we can fix it. And he kept worrying and not sleeping and that's not healthy, right? If you just stay up all night worrying about it, that's not good. So he said, I was stunned by my failure. It was almost as if someone had struck me a blow on the head. What if I smacked you in the head? Don't smile. My stomach, my insides began to twist and turn. For a while, I, 
I was so worried I couldn't sleep. Finally, common sense reminded me that worry wasn't getting me anywhere. So I figured out a way to handle my problem without worrying. It worked superbly. <laughs> I have been using this same anti-worry technique for more than 30 years. It is simple. Anyone can use it. It consists of three steps. Step one. Pay attention, folks, because a lot of us don't do this. What? I analyzed the situation fearlessly and honestly and figured out what was the worst that could possibly happen as a result of this failure. No one was going to jail me or shoot me. That was certain. True, there was a chance I would lose my position, and there was also a chance that my employers would have to remove the machinery and lose $20,000 we had invested. Step two, after figuring out what was the worst that could possibly happen, I reconciled myself to accepting it, and if necessary, I said to myself, this, fail this failure will be a blow to my record. It might mean the loss of my job, but if it does, I can always get another position. Conditions could be much worse, and as far as my employers are concerned, well, they realize we're experimenting with a new method. And if this experience cost them 20000 they can stand it. They can charge it up to research. After discovering the worst that could possibly happen and reconciling myself to accepting it, if necessary, an extremely important thing happened. I immediately relaxed and felt a sense of peace I hadn't experienced in days. From that time on, I calmly devoted my time and energy to improving upon the worst which I had already accepted mentally. So what that means is, if you're worried about something, you need to think of what's the totally worst case scenario possible. Am I gonna die? No. <laughs> Will you lose your job? Maybe. Can you get another one? Yes. And once you say, okay, the worst that could happen is if I lose everything, income, house, this and that. I still have my life. I can still move on. And I know that sounds extreme, but sometimes you got to go extreme to calm down. Hey, calm down. You're going to be fine. Handle what you need to do. Move on. And you stop worrying about it and you just do what you have to do. Accept the worst case. So, Diego, if you go to the skate park, what's the worst possible thing that could happen at the skate park? The um, worst. Think of the worst thing that could possibly happen. Um, the skate park blew up. Yeah, the <laughs> skate park blows up and we all die. Okay? You accept that that's not going to happen. Right? Yeah. So you're not afraid to go down the big hill. You might fall and get hurt, but you will get better. Your body will heal, right? Well, not fast. It'll like, take one week. I know that week takes seven days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Theo Tala, how do you deal with worry? I think that's a good way to look at it. Like yeah. you said, just kind of analyze it and, I mean, not overthink it, but, I mean, I, you look at what possibly could go wrong and weigh the consequences and, and the things that. Are good that could come from it and usually what's good outweighs what's bad and it's worth the chance to go for it right Diego what? <laughs> <laughs> that's right you're hanging strong I'm proud of you you're doing good Page 25, back to the book. Can you just read this last page? This last one? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm yeah, read that I'm one, read that one, read that one, read that one. You want me to read this last one? Yes. No, 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 no. No, no, just, okay, well, no, no. Okay, you want me to skip this one? This one's pretty good. I'll, I'll skip that one. Yay. Okay, I think um, oh, this, is, this, is, this is important. And there's a big, there's a whole lot of time. I don't know how many podcasts you listen to, but cognitive bias is a common term now that people understand. 
which means you only look for and pay attention to things that are in line with what you already agree with. Okay? So that means if you love skateboards, yeah. you will only want to believe and listen to people that like skateboarding. Okay? Your mind says, oh, I like skateboarding. I like BMX riding. I'm only going to listen to people that also like it. That's not good. You need to listen to people that don't like it at all. And because you like scooters. Maybe these people love scooters. And you're like, oh, dude, I can't believe you like scooters. But you got to listen to them because they're going to have good ideas. I like scooters and skateboards. What even if, though I'm, I like bikes and scooters. I know. But what if you have, you know somebody that rides roller skates? They have a totally different mindset. They think bike riding is bad. Roller skating is awesome. You kind of won't want to listen to them, but you need to because they have good ideas too and they'll have different opinions. And don't just get caught up only wanting to believe and listen to things you already believe in because then you can just get stuck. So it's now it's called cognitive bias, but this is old info. Theo knows what I'm talking about. He knows what's up. I do. This book is, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So back to the book, as Andre Moros put it, everything that is in agreement with our personal desires seems true. Everything that is not puts us into a rage. Is it any wonder then that we find it so hard to get the answers to our problems? Wouldn't we have the same trouble trying to solve a second grade arithmetic problem? That means a second grade math problem. If we went ahead on the assumption that two plus two equals five, Yet there are a lot of people in the world who make life a hell for themselves and others by insisting that 2 plus 2 equals 5, or maybe 500. Some people like to play around. They say 1 plus 1 is 11 because like 1 and 1 make 11. See? And then 2 and 2 make 22. Do you three see? 3 make 33. Oh my gosh. 4 and 4 make 44. What, what exactly? What can we do about it? We have to keep our emotions out of our thinking. And as Dean Hawks put it, we must secure the facts in an impartial, objective manner. That is not an easy task when we're worried. When we're worried, our emotions are riding high, which means you're like, <laughs> but I, this, I can't do it. You're being mean, and I don't care what you say. I don't believe you. But if I say, calm down. Relax. I just wanted to tell you, glazed donuts are better than plain donuts. Okay? You got to pay attention. Back to the book. But here are two ideas that I have found helpful when trying to step aside from my problems in order to see the facts in a clear, objective manner. I pretend that I am collecting information not for myself, but for some other person. This helps me to take a cold, impartial view of the evidence. It helps me to eliminate my emotions. Upon the contrary, people who pity themselves go on pitying themselves even when they are laid softly on a cushion. Can I, re I would love to repeat that line. I thought that was really <laughs> good stuff right there. I'll go back a sentence. Where, wherever do we get the idea that secure and pleasant living the absence of difficulty and the comfort of ease ever of themselves are made pe uh, sorry ever of themselves made people either good or happy so if you had all the comfort in the entire world did that make you a good or happy person upon the contrary people who pity themselves go on pitying themselves even when they're laid softly on a cushion but always in history, character and happiness have come to people in all sorts of circumstances, good, bad, and indifferent, when they shouldered their personal responsibility. So, Diego, that means if your whole life is comfortable, you still are a complainer. You will continue to complain. The more comfortable you get, the more you complain. It's a cycle of nonsense that I despise and it annoys me. The more difficulty you have, 
the easier you are to say, oh man, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Join me. I just me. wanted to say this. <laughs> Listen, Tell me. The person who wrote the Titanic yeah. that I read, um, there's also another book, and it it's baseball, and the team is the Toilet Paper Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please read the Toilet Paper Tigers story to me that next time? Next on your list. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you should draw pictures of the toilet paper tigers. Maybe like toilet paper with tigers on them? <laughs> Sometimes, if you have mud butt, I feel like a toilet paper tiger. <laughs> Do you know what mud... throw that toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's a concern about worry. If you have mud butt, you're concerned how much toilet paper is in that bathroom. It's very important that you... But that doesn't stop you from going. No, you you're... Go. Oh, you're going to go. But I get into a panic. I'm you, I'm prepared. So I run into the bathroom, shut the door. Before you start pooping, you better check if there's toilet paper. It's a little quick check. Check for toilet paper. Before you lock the door. Because you could be in a jam, man. You, you get started and you didn't check for paper. What do you do? You got to wait for everybody to leave and sneak out and waddle to the next stall with your legs open squatting and, and then steal some toilet paper from the next one so you got to go unprepared check for toilet paper then drop the deuce it's very important <laughs> now quit distracting me from this very important information we're almost done i'm at the last paragraph wait which one this one this one right here no this is the last one <laughs> I love your enthusiasm for reading. <laughs> Here are two reasons why we ought to try. Anyway, two reasons why we have any everything to gain and nothing to lose. Reason one, we may succeed. Reason two, even if we don't succeed, the mere attempt to turn our minus into a plus will cause us to look forward instead of backward. It will replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts. It will release creative energy and spur us to get so busy that we won't have either the time or the inclination to mourn over what is past and forever gone. So what that means is just working on something that is creative helps you to not be worried about other things in life. It helps you move forward. You got something to work on keeps you positive, gives you a reason to keep your mind thinking of new things that are creative and new, and that's important. Because if you just don't try and work on anything, you just get jammed up staring at what's already there, and what's everything that's around you is already going to be changing, and it's going to get old, and it's going to start to break down. So you just look forward. Like Lexus, they would have terrible cars if they made the first one and said, this is awesome. Let's just make this forever. <laughs> That's called Ford. <laughs> ha ha. Sorry, America. Pull yourself together. So you got any more questions for Theo Talo? Nope. None? Zero. Is it all? <laughs> Zero. Zero. All right. Well, tell Theo, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any last words of wisdom? I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you want to tell this kid? What is it like seeing this kid? You have a two-year-old, and we're sitting here talking to this almost eight-year-old. Is that weird? It is weird. <laughs> One day, Zania is going to be talking to you. And the reason I'm doing this is because I want to you know, get in his head. Like, shut the doors. All of a sudden, the conversation is important. And I want him to know I'm really, truly listening to you. I'm recording it. I'm looking. I'm doing this so that you know I really value your time. And when we're, I'm old and you're big and we listen to this, it's going to be awesome. Mm. I was telling Brandon the other day, I'm kind of making this for 20-year-old Diego and 50-year-old me. <laughs> right? Because... When you leave and you go to college or you go start your company or you go on a boat under the ocean or you're whatever you're doing, 
we can both listen to these mm-hmm. and it'll be super duper sweet. And all the things I'm saying to you will make a lot more sense and they'll make different sense. You'll understand it a different way every time you listen to it. Right now you're like, what are you talking about? But in tw- Exactly. <laughs> Stop reading. <laughs> you're like, quit reading papers. Stop reading so many books. It's like when Why your mom showed you. Instead of in a book. It's like when your mom showed you that picture on Facebook that was from four years ago, and you're like, "Who's that baby? And that's you. <laughs> that's gonna be you at this podcast." And you're like, "Who's that kid?" <laughs> he sounds so tiny because when you're a grown up, you're to talk like a big man. <laughs> My name is Diego. Ha ha! I was a seven year old little baby. <laughs> So when the girls are big, then we can keep doing this. You know, capture these moments because they're going to be gone. We're going to forget it all. I look at pictures of you, whatever, Facebook, Instagram, or Google. They send you a thing. <laughs> hey, remember this day? Here's a photo from this exact day five years ago. And you're like, whoa, I remember that. Forget all about it. It's too much going on. <clears throat> you think you remember, but our memories are terrible. They're pretty Mine bad. Mine's good because I have all my pictures when I was young. Yeah, <laughs> you're the, yeah, your generation. You got a hundred billion million. Uh, this joke is for Sean Mandel. If you're out there, there's a hundred thousand million pictures of Diego. Uh, can I share that? So when we were in the Grand Canyon, I said, "How many? <laughs> how many thousand or how many millions are in a billion? <laughs> right? So go, how many?" How many, right? Thousand. Okay, so you're, you're in a big company. And I bet there's big deals where they say, hey, everybody, we're going to develop the next LC. This work is going to cost us $6 billion. Hey, grown-ups, pay attention. But you've never heard in a business meeting somebody say, okay, everybody, stick with Kaizen. This is, car is going to cost $6 hundred thousand million dollars <laughs> ha <laughs> so I just imagine you at your job everybody in suits this is gonna cost five hundred thousand million dollars <laughs> and then you raise your pinky <laughs> so reminder everybody be healthy eat good food you already know what to do to be healthy. You should just go ahead and do that. You you already know. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you, Theo, for being here. Bye. <laughs> be healthy, y'all. Bye.